3: Adi here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport2. Myself and the great Gareth a. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other a great content there as well. Just as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, the boy from Brownsville.
2: This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport2.
3: If you love your boxing and your MMA, this is the show for you. Fight Night Extra of myself, Adil Adiba and the great Gareth A. Davis today. Myself and Gareth will reflect on the Fury vs. Nganu press conference last week. And we're going to hear from the Gypsy King himself who is doing his level best to sell the event next month. We'll also hear from Eddie Hearn. who's told us that a deal for AJ vs. Wilder is close to being agreed. However, it may not take place in Saudi Arabia as many had been expecting. At one fight that is 100% going ahead is Amanda Serrano versus Danilo Ramos. The pair will meet next month. And for the first time in women's boxing history, it will be a 12-3 minute round affair. We'll discuss if that is here to stay or will it be for one fight only? Plus, we're going to chat a bit of UFC as well. Arguably, the biggest upset of the year, maybe the biggest upset of all time, took place this weekend. Israel Adesanya lost his middleweight strap to Sean Strickland. As always, loads to get through over the next hour. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2.
2: I'm absolutely honoured to be fighting Francis. He's going to be a very, very good fighting man. You can see he's massive, he's in shape. He's going to be a real challenge, and it's something different for me. I'm used to boxing boxers and boxing the head off somebody, but to fight like an MMA guy, he's coming in different style, he's lower, he's, it's different, it's different look. And, you know, I can't wait, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic event. For us, we've agreed terms and Deontay has agreed terms, but it is a slow process and it's a frustrating process and we will start to now explore alternative sites for that fight.
1: The issues that I have with three minutes is that people, fans say that they want to, you know, see more knockouts. That's the biggest, like, thing that people say, we want to see more knockouts. But when the big knockouts happen, we've seen... I've, I've, a, I've a few. We've seen Teddy Harper in one. People don't like to see it.
3: Gareth, before we get going, uh, happy birthday, my friend! Happy many birthday!
4: Thanks. Many, many thanks indeed.
3: Any any celebrations expected? Any parties? Anything wild going on that I can be invited to?
4: No, not not in in the vicinity. I'm nah, not. A, it's not a big birthday this one. It's just one of those middle. They're always
3: big. They're always big. We make another year around the sun. We should celebrate it. In no, it's all work passion. at the
4: moment. It's all work and no play for me. There's so much going on, if I'm honest. But um, it's nice to make another year and start a new one. Always a lovely, always a lovely rebirth.
3: Indeed it is. You're looking very healthy indeed. Uh, look, I, I saw you uh, last week, Thursday, I think it was, at the Tyson Fury of uh, Francis Ngannou press conference. Uh, a spectacular press conference. Looked amazing. You could, you could see that money had been spent on it. A red carpet affair. I mean, the pictures of Ngannou and, and, and Fury were just incredible. It, it, honestly, incredible. Um, and Tyson Fury was being Tyson Fury. Um, it was an incredible thing. But What did you make of the press conference? We'll talk about the wild antics at the red carpet. I don't know if you saw between Wardley and um, David Adelaide, but what did you make of the press conference itself?
4: Well, those, those amazing posters um, yeah. I can reveal. It wasn't really talked about much on the day. In the outer net, 50 metres high, they almost were. 40-odd yeah. metres high were. Uh, The brainchild of, obviously, the Saudi government, but also Nicholas Gordon, David Gordon, Knight, CBE, the Mm. British fashion photographer. They got him involved to do them. And you could see that. Fury's the red corner, isn't he? And the blue corner. Mm. They were bedecked and robed like Arabian kings. Yes. um, With their sapphires and ruby rings and... I mean, they look magnificent. I mean, it was open all day. I got there about midday, and there were people just coming through, thinking, "What the hell is this?" Um, but there it was. Um, you know, one man will be crowned. Uh, Riyadh season, October the twenty eighth. Battle of the Baddest. Yeah. Um, They're certainly Battle of the Biggest. Um, two massive heavyweights, of course. Um, no, they pulled no stops. They mm. left nothing unturned. For what was kind of a spectacular day, really. Um, it was a big event. It was a big red carpet. We had drama in there. We'll go into that, I'm sure, in a minute. Um, you know, Tyson Fury was being unpredictable. I didn't get much of a word with him, but he was brilliant on stage. You didn't get much word with him, but he had plenty to say. I had time with Francis Ngannou. I don't know if you did. I got 15 minutes with him, nice. which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know, I walked away thinking to get on a flight, believe it or not, um, to the Middle East, thinking, um, I wonder if these two are actually going to have a go at it in the cage at some point. Because Fury is that kind of guy where he might say to Nganu, yes, I will do it with you in the cage. And that was one of the themes of the day. And my feeling is if they do it in the ring, they should return to the other person's sport as well.
3: Yeah, agreed. I mean, I remember when Fury said that and Ngannou kind of just laughed it off like, okay, let's steady, steady. Let, let's do this one first before you think of coming into my world. Um, but I thought Fury was, and you're right, look, none of us got any minutes of him. Um, for whatever reason, you'll probably go into that a bit later. Uh, but once he got the mic, I thought Tyson Fury was fantastic. Uh, there's something there's something special about Fury when he starts talking. He's, he's almost talking to all of you like you almost feel like you're having an individual conversation with him, let alone him talking to a thousand people in the room. He's just so good on the mic. Um, very reminiscent, and I know people might jump to this, of an Ali, when Ali used to do it, when I used to watch films of Ali talking on the mic, it just grabs the room, doesn't he? Prince Nasim Hamed was like that as well. And Fury's definitely got that skill set. Um, well, I did laugh though when he took his top off, because I'm watching him thinking, you are the best heavyweight of this generation, the best heavyweight on the planet, yet you look like that. How is it possible to look like that, so out of shape, yet be so damn good? It's incredible.
4: Well, he's got that huge frame at six foot nine to be able to carry it. Mm. And had he not achieved the things he's done against Deontay Wilder three times um, and had an easy night against Dillian White, who gave him no trouble at all, and outboxed Vladimir Klitschko, we'd probably be sitting and going, that guy ain't going to do much. Yeah, yeah. Um, But the trouble is, he has. And we know he's got an amazing chin. He's got up, is it four times now, from knockdowns by Deontay Wilder and come back to win or even to draw in the first fight. Mm. Um, He's got a great IQ. We know he knows his boxing. And he's learned to perform on stage, as you just said, in this way that, you know, he's, he was almost invoking, inshallah, God willing, wasn't he? Um, he's God willed this a hundred years ago in the blink of an eye that this would happen one day. You know, he's got a sense of storytelling about him and anyone that, you know, you and I can tell stories, of course, and we do, it's what we do for a living. And, um, I'm not sure I could sing after a twelve round fight <laughs> um or 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 you know or he he is a good guy, I mean, as you know, I spent a lot of time around him um he's a bit upset by a lot of things that have been said by people that aren't close to him on our channel and on other channels. Mm-hmm. He's at that point in his career where he is one of the most recognized athletes on the planet, one of the biggest athletes on the planet, one of the most outrageous athletes on the planet, and one of the biggest stars of, you know, remember when At Home uh, with the Osbournes was on, At Home with the Furies is just as big and Ozzy Osbourne was an international rock star yeah. and it rejuvenated his career. It's They're saying, I hear, that this is the most watched Netflix series ever um, in numbers. So it's just made him an even bigger star. And so he sits there and... You know, I hope this isn't going to be his fall against Francis Ngannou who clips him. But I love the majesty of the Naganu man as well. Yeah. He's got a great presence. He's ice cool. He's so lovable. Uh, and yet he's got the heaviest hands on the planet. So mm-hmm. it's big. The whole thing's massive.
3: No, it, it is. It's enormous. And just being there, and I didn't get there as early as you did. I got there around, I think, 3.34 and everyone was starting to set up their cameras. And I remember just taking my seat and then turning around and seeing how many cameras were there. And obviously, look, we've been to some big sort of um, big pressers before, whether it be in Vegas or, or in London. And this felt just as big as anything. It felt really, really big. And bear in mind, it wasn't open to the public. It wasn't like a public event. It was a private event and it still was packed. So look, um, but we're going to unpack it a bit more. Uh, we're going to hear from Eddie Hearn as well. Who, you know, this fight happening, maybe AJ versus Wild isn't happening in the same region. We'll, we'll talk about that. Um, I did want to quickly get your, your thoughts on uh, Daniel Dubois, Alexander Usyk. Frank Warren was there and I, I did ask him the question about, or tried to push him on the question about what's going on with Daniel Dubois. Um, obviously, look, he's put in um, an appeal. I, I don't think it will be successful, but what it might do is keep Daniel Dubois in a mandatory position. What would you make of this appeal? Daniel Dubois, we've not really spoke since the fight. Obviously, I've been away for a couple of these, but what would you make of everything that's happened?
4: Well, I thought it was a low blow. Yeah. And um, that's that's what I think. Um, and it was it was borderline. There isn't yeah. even a need to say it's borderline, but it, it was borderline. And that's what the referee called it, Luis Pabón de Puerto Rico. He hasn't come out and said, I was wrong. Frank Warren is adamant, though, um, and he's tackled a, a few of us on it, I believe. He tackled me for a week on it. Um, he was very unhappy about it. Um, but I did. I thought it looked low at the time. Yeah. And i still still think it was low. Do I think you sick milked it? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, but had he been told to stay up, to, to stand up by Luis Patron at that up. moment, I think he'd have got up. So do I. And agree. I think he'd have taken his medicine. Um, do I think they'll be successful with the appeal? That's not for me to say, because they will bring their own evidence. It was still on the line for me. What, what, however you look at the punch, wherever you stop the punch. Um, you know, and... You know, it's it, it it was a big event over in in I want to say Ukraine in Poland. It was amazing to be there. And by the way, just to go back to how big the the Fury and event is, uh, my analogies, and there were forty odd thousand in the stadium in in Roslav, and it was an amazing atmosphere. And you probably did get a little bit of home favoritism in that, and it does happen in boxing, unfortunately, yeah, as it does in other sports, but. An analogy I'd like to to give is that if that fight was opening Glastonbury or that fight was opening the Cannes Film Festival or that fight was opening the Hollywood Oscars or that fight was opening four big events in Las Vegas, you have, probably have to put all of those together for it to be the size of it opening the Riyadh season, which mm. involves 10 million people over several months in a sporting, cultural and entertainment phenomenon That they're putting hundreds of millions of dollars into so our guys this is why i'm supporting it our guys our guys the standard bearers in in the boxing and mma the sports we love the biggest men on the planet are representing us our sports at the beginning of that festival in a festival that is bringing east and west together and also bringing Africa together as well, by the way, in this. yeah, And that's the way I'm choosing to see this.
3: That's a great way to do it. And I think Fury mentioned it as well, when he spoke about Ngannou and he said, look, I'm happy for you. And he kind of pointed, I'm happy for you, your journey. And he he revealed what Ngannou is getting paid, which Ngannou probably wasn't happy, about. he said, you're getting $10 million. It's incredible. But he, he, he almost seemed happy for Ngannou as well. Like where Ngannou's come from, he knows the story. Fury's an intelligent man. He knows Ngannou's background. And I, I thought, again, that was Fury just ticking boxes there. And I was pleased that he did that. And It was important to do that as well. There's uh, so much to try and cover in this short hour that we've got. Very quickly, and we're going to talk about it a bit later, but it has been announced that Amanda Serrano's next fight is going to be 12 minutes, sorry, 12 rounds, three minutes a round. Um, I'm not too keen on that, just because I think the action you get for two-minute rounds in female boxing is fantastic. I'm okay with it being 12 rounds, so twelve times two, but twelve times three. I think, I think people are going to see that it lacks a little bit. Maybe it lacks what men fights do after the first three rounds, where nothing really happens, and then they get into it. What do you make of it?
4: Should have been eight threes to begin with.
3: Yeah, good shot. Good shot. Because te-
4: because ten twos is twenty minutes, right? Mm. Um, eight threes
3: would be twenty four.
4: And eight threes is twenty four minutes. It's still twenty four minutes of action. It should have been minimum ten. Yeah. Um, and and so maximum ten rather. Yeah. Um and minimum eight. So and and maybe starting with eight. And all and I agree with you. I think we get all out action for two rounds. Yeah. The whole brigade that want more knockouts in women's boxing, I don't necessarily agree with that. What we get is full out action for two minutes of every round. Mm. Um, yes, they're hard to score sometimes, but it's worked so far in the last couple of years with all these title fights. We might see them have uh, the outcome be very, very different now. Um, and, the, and it might just change the way women box. I don't think it's got anything to do with pay in my view because there's a meritocracy in women's boxing as there is in men's boxing. And if they're marketable, they'll earn more. It's as simple as that. It, it, I'm it. not sure about it. The other thing is, are they going to be able to do three 12s? I, uh, I, 12 threes. Are they going to be able to do 12 threes? Is the fight going to last that long? Serrano incredible. Her work rate is so fast. She's very aggressive. So can da- Daniela Ramos live with her, basically?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I, and I would never question the gas tank of Serrano, but going from being a fighter that does 20 minutes to a maximum now 36. It's almost double. It's ridiculous. It's so much more. It's, yeah, it's asking someone it to do half a marathon to do a full marathon. So, um, look, we'll see how it plays out. But that's what they're doing. Uh, Daniela Ramos versus Amanda Serrano is free 12, sorry, 12 minute rounds, which is... Um, which is a lot. All right, you're listening to Find an Extra on Talksport 2. Still to come, we are going to talk a landmark moment. We just talked about it there for women's boxing as Amanda Serrano and Denita Ramos agreed to 12 three minute rounds. A uh, plus will chat, a major shock, major shock in the UFC as Israel Adesanya loses to Sean Strickland. But up next, we're going to hear from Eddie Hearn, who has an update for us on AJ versus Wilder negotiations. Mm-hmm. It be an honour to get um, Tyson
2: Fury or Wilder. Yep. Yeah, that's who you want. That would be an honour, yeah. I always thought he would beat Wilder originally and now I'm not quite short anymore, so
4: I don't know where he goes. I think Joshua will be able to uh, box him technically, dissect him mm-hmm. and and take him out.
2: Wilder KOs at AJ in two rounds. Wilder puts his fist through AJ as soon as he lands on him. They want the fight, we won the fight, no, you know, but it's slow and sooner or later we're going to have to look elsewhere.
3: Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. What is going on with Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder? That one man who should know is promoter Eddie Hearn. He's been speaking with TalkSport and says the venue is the only thing left to be agreed.
2: We were talking um, prior, and we've got a meeting after as well. Um, we've agreed our end for the fight in, in uh, Saudi. Obviously, there is a changing in um, environment there of different people putting on different events yeah. now. But for us, we've agreed terms, and Deontay has agreed terms, but it is a slow process, and it's a frustrating process, and we will start to now explore alternative sites for that fight. It's not really a case of you know, down in tools. It's one of the biggest fights of all time in the division. Yeah. So we can take it to other territories, but we had an, uh, an offer that we agreed in principle, and we wanted to move forward. But at sooner or later, we've got to move on. And, you know, I would love to look at that fight in Las Vegas. I would love to look at that fight in Wembley. I think it would be incredible. But there is a chance that AJ may fight in December. If we can't lock that in for January, maybe we push it to March or April and we look at alternative venues. There's other sites that want that fight. But sometimes the more traditional sites will also create a huge event. And, you know, only last night we were looking at the numbers for uh, Las Vegas, thinking, wow, Joshua against Wilder in Las Vegas you Know maybe that would be something that will be remembered for a long time, so we'll see. But you know, we'll speak to Deontay Wilder's team tonight. They want the fight, we want the fight, there's no you know, but it's slow, and sooner or later, we're gonna have to look elsewhere.
3: Eddie Hearn there talking to Talk Sport. Um, it looks like contracts have been agreed, money's been agreed on both sides. I guess we're still waiting, Gareth. Um, look, you've got your ear to the ground, you know a lot more than most about what's going on with these fights. Any update at all with AJ Wilder? It felt like it was going to be the next fight. And now it feels like it's going to be pushed to sometime in 2024, if ever.
4: Well, I mean, last week there was talk about um, the clash between Joshua and Wilder being on the back burner. Mm. Um, You know, there's obviously a power shift going on in the Middle East in terms of which promoters have the clout at the moment you Know our skills challenge is still going to put entertainment is still going to put that on. Um, obviously, that's who Eddie Hearn had been dealing with. Um, around uh, Joshua in the past and Joshua Yusick, yeah. Um, you know, um, they've agreed terms, we've heard this over and over again, but as yet, there's still there isn't a fight contract. Um, politically, there's a lot going on, uh, is what I understand. Um, and also, if you read between the lines from your friend of mine Tony Bellew last week, he seemed to hint that he believes that Anthony Joshua might fight Tyson Fury next. Did you see that? No. Which I didn't. thought which I found fascinating. Tony doesn't normally say things without a reason. Yeah. And I wonder I wonder whether it's a possibility and it'd be brilliant for the fans if Tyson Fury, after fighting Francis and Garnu, is gonna meet Anthony Joshua next. Um, in the Middle East, round about the uh, the New Year time, mm-hmm. and then, or in even in the early part of twenty twenty four, and then onwards uh, to Alexander Usyk, the winner would fight Alexander Usyk,
3: which which um, which freezes out Deontay Wilder for now.
4: Well, I mean, if it does, it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, um, there are alternative opponents being put out there by Eddie Hearn, Flip Pogovich and Andy Ruiz as well, mm-hmm. which have been in the mix, but Eddie's saying it could be somewhere else. Where is that somewhere else? Yeah, you know? I mean,
3: I I kind of said on my YouTube channel the other day, like the over-reliance now, it seems anyway, on the Saudis to make these big fights. Um, big fights were being touted and made before that. Um, and Eddie seemed to almost, I, I think I've heard in an interview, suggest that if the fight doesn't happen in Saudi, Uh, Can it happen? There was a question about can it happen? And I'm guessing this is financially. Um, With the terms that both have agreed, they're not going to make that money anywhere, obviously, other than Saudi. Look, it's still a big fight for me over here in the UK. Still does, this is AJ Wilder I'm talking about, still does well over a million pay-per-view buys, I think. Sells at a stadium. Um, Yes, they won't make the kind of money that the Saudis are offering, but they're still going to make a lot of money. And um, I don't don't know why there seems to be an over-reliance on, if it's not in Saudi, it doesn't happen. Um, yeah, I agree
4: with you on that. But I yeah. think the last thing that I've heard Eddie Hearn say, which I which makes sense, is there's no guarantee he'll fight in December, mm-hmm. but we still want to make the wilder fight, okay. Joshua. Okay. I've already reached out to Arabia, Saudi Arabia, to say whoever is moving boxing forward, we've agreed this and we're ready. If you want to do that, fine. If not, no problem.
3: Yeah, The star cool.
4: continues to rise over Arabia through this autumn. Um, you know... If that's the big star that's going to alight and align for Joshua to fight Wilder in the Middle East, then great. It's it always looked like a strange fight for him to take. Right now, mm-hmm. it's one we'd love to see him in. Yeah, there's camps are split. You probably think he outboxes Wilder. I think he might struggle against Wilder in the later rounds. Yeah, when he gets tired. Of no, I think I think
3: Wilder causes him a big problem. Yeah, I do.
4: Yeah, I think he is yeah, a big problem, big problem for him. Problem. I'd love him. To to put on a spectacular performance and stop Wilder and hurt Wilder because oh, I think good. it propels him into major fights. I only want him to do well. I mean, yeah,
3: I, I wish nothing but AJ well, and and I really hope, like you say, it gets the victory. Um, being at the Fury and GARNU press conference, I was lucky enough to sit next to Sarah Shepard, who you know well, writes for the Athletic, um, and we both said if AJ were to fight Wilder, Fury versus AJ will be the biggest thing this country's ever seen. Yeah, It could be the biggest heavyweight fight of all time. And we're we're talking about Evander Holyfield Tyson in terms of numbers, if AJ were to beat Wilder. So I wish AJ nothing but the success. And that's why I want to see AJ versus Wilder to to build up to the Fury fight. AJ versus Fury now would be massive, but it wouldn't be as big as it can be if AJ were to beat Wilder.
4: If you go back five years, he was due to face Deontay Wilder. Yeah. And they never got that fight. Either. They offered Dick Wilder. Eddie's told me this on record. They offered him 40 million mm. to, to fight. It, it never came to fruition. At the time, Eddie admits now he probably went in a bit hard on on Shelley Finkel as well, yeah. calling him Shirley Winkle and all these things. And he regrets those, things like that. Yeah. It's funny now, but he kind of regrets it. Yeah, yeah. It, it
3: caused a big problem. She, a big Shelley's
4: problem. a guy I've known a very long time. He, he's, a, he's a fantastic boxing guy. You know, I go back to the days when he when he managed and was a lawyer for Mike Tyson and was instrumental in his career. Um, and and, and Shelley, Shelley is always open. He's always easy to get hold of. He's never difficult to deal with. And he's called me on several occasions, been very upset over the way negotiations have gone and said, we want to do things. Now, that's one side. If you go back three years, we thought we were just about to get Fury versus Joshua, two times, mm-hmm. and we got so we we were within six weeks of yeah. it happening until I remember Bob Aram called me one night and said, "Gareth, Fury and Joshua is dead in the water. He's fighting Wilder. Wilder's winning his arbitration case." I remember. You know, Fu- I, I remember Fury. It at the time.
3: Yeah, I remember Fury yeah. announcing it, didn't he? announce Fury it. Fury
4: announced it. Yeah. I, I remember. <sighs> I had to jump in my car and write a piece. It was during lockdown, you know. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's, we've got so close so many times yeah. to all of these things happening. It's one of the reasons why the fans are so disgruntled and they think we're part of it and we're not. We can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, but we, we, we're just reporting on this. And what's happened is in that meantime, that money from Saudi Arabia and that money from the Middle East has, has come in and they want to make boxing a part of their big plan you know for 2030 where they want to have all the big sports they want to grow uh open culture and they want to go and it and money speaks and money speaks at this very highest uh level and so i think you know we 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 i think we are on the cusp again of being able to get excited about this now if joshua does fight wilder it's kind of an end game fight in some ways but if he can win it
3: jesus man. it propels
4: him into a fight against Francis Ngannou. If Ngannou acquits himself decently against Fury, if he beats Fury, Ngannou can fight who the hell he wants, frankly. I think there is a rematch clause, even though Tyson, I may be wrong on this, but I believe there was a rematch clause. And if they haven't got one, then there maybe should have a rematch clause because (laughs) in in that tiny scintilla of a possibility as the chink of light comes through the door and that left hook comes across or that booming right hand as Fury lies on the ropes, gets him in the wrong place and he goes to sleep for a little while. You know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, i you know, I do think Fury wins and I think Naganu will gas in three or four rounds, maybe even three rather than four. But,
3: but who knows? But,
4: they, but, you know, we always hope that these guys we watch who've been amazing have got one more great fight in, left in them. And I hope Joshua's got one great fight left in him. But I do feel at the moment that Eddie and he and, and Joshua's team are just looking at how they can make that fight happen with Wilder in Saudi Arabia for the money that's been promised.
3: Yeah. All right. Let's see. Let's see what happens. I mean, Eddie does promise us updates every week. Let's hope the next update's a good update. All right. You're listening to Final Extra. On TalkSport 2, still to come, we are going to talk UFC as Sean Strickland shocks Israel Adesanya to become the new UFC middleweight champion. But up next, we are about to see, for the first time, three-minute rounds for women's boxing. Three times 12. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from
1: Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,
3: crazy welcome back you're listening to final extra on talk sport 2. myself adi oladipo and the great gareth A davis for the first time uh females are gonna fight 12 three minute rounds amanda serrano will take on danila ramos um it's a big step up um probably heard me and gareth talking about it a bit earlier uh, ladies normally do 10-2s, which is 20 minutes, 12-3s. You guys can do the maths. It's 36. It's nearly double what they have uh, used to doing. Um, Gareth, I think right off the bat, you said you're not keen on it. You suggested maybe eight threes. I suggested 12-2s. Do you think they've just gone a bit too far, too quick here?
4: Um, yeah, I do. And, you know, you're looking at in Danilo Ramos, the um, Brazilian, um, you know, and known as the get, the what the warrior, mm. you know she's not that experienced. She's got tw- one knockout in twelve victories. By Jeez. the way, she's not a stoppage. I know two losses by by um, by points. She's very very tough, but she's not a puncher, mm. right? So Amanda Serrano is really aggressive. I think what'll happen is and I'm going to predict now what'll happen is Amanda Serrano. i three minute rounds to take her apart. And it probably won't last three or four rounds because she'll get battered for three minutes, not two minutes, and have less time to recover. And we won't actually find whether the twain meets or not, because it'll probably only last 12 minutes, but it'll last four rounds as opposed to six.
3: Yeah, Uh, nice.
4: I mean, I do think they need to do this carefully. I do think, obviously, they have made a decision based on... I mean, what is this? It's a... um, Is it... is it a world title fight? It is.
3: It is. Remember, Serrano undisputed at featherweight. This is for all all the marbles at um at her her weight loss.
4: Okay, I just wanted to check because I didn't see the the belts on the line on Boxrec. That was all, um, but maybe they are then because obviously she's just beaten the Hardy. She has yeah um, earlier in last month. Um, but I didn't on on Boxrec. I didn't see the uh, the belts on the line. But um, if they are all on the line, then well, that's great. But um, are they all on the line? Because did all the sanctioning bodies agree to three-minute rounds?
3: That's a very interesting question that you asked there. Um, because if, if the sanctioning bodies have, then this is a big change. Like right now, it almost seems a bit, I don't know, a bit of an exhibition. Because this is not yeah, something that's going to continue. I think it's more I, than I, an I'm exhibition. I'm not sure
4: that they've agreed the belt's on the line yet, you know. Mm. Um, I have a feeling.
3: Why do um, you, as we're both checking that, why do you think they are doing this? Like, what is what is it? The, what's the reason? Is it just to get more knockouts? You know, I you know the ladies get a bit more tired towards the end of the, of the championship rounds, and, and you get more knockout. Is that it? Because I actually don't think, I don't think many people care about seeing knockouts in female boxing like they think they do.
4: No, I think we want to see um, action, and With... I think we want to see um, great skills from the women. Yeah, um, I think Serrano is is an amazing. Uh, boxer, Um, I think she's one of those characters who is just so skilled. I mean, I'd love to have seen her in three-minute rounds against Katie Taylor, by the way. Eight threes against Katie Taylor. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even 12 twos I would have been in favour of. move to 12 twos so that we get what we call the championship rounds at the moment. Rounds nine and ten, they just go for it. Those two have, haven't they, in, in that fight at Madison Square Garden? Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, that's what I think. Yeah, Having there's been. the top of the show, I didn't say, I'd rather see 12-2s, Eddie. Yeah, you know? I,
3: I agreed. That's exactly the way I feel, especially for the championship fights, 12-2s. Um, there's been a mixed reaction to it. Chantel Cameron, who obviously fights Katie Taylor, went on her social media and said, let's do it. Come on, Katie, let's go. With this 12-3s. Obviously, Katie Taylor's not going to do that. Tasha Jonas, let's hear from her. She said no, that she doesn't want to do it. And um, that no one wants to see knockouts in female boxing.
1: Um, I think there's so much conflict and in information, which is which is why everyone gets confused. I think the issues that I have with three minutes is that people, fans, say that they want to, you know, see more knockouts. That's the biggest like thing that people say: we want to see more knockouts. We want, but when the big knockouts happen, we've seen Sav have a, have a few. We've seen Teddy Harper in one. People don't like to see it. They're like, they're like they're kind of put off by it. Well, we didn't like to, we didn't like to see that. We didn't like to see a female be hit or whatever the, the reason is. But people say about men's sports, even like the men like bad knockouts in the men. So if, if you're saying purely because you want to see knockouts, then I don't think that's the way forward.
3: Tasha Jonas, they obviously um, you know champion at 154 pounds, doesn't agree with it. So again, it's splitting opinions. Um, It's not like every female boxer is saying, yes, let's do this. A lot of them are saying, no, they don't want to do it. Um, Why
4: should they? Why should they want to do it? I mean, I think it needs um, I think it needs careful um, analysis. We need um, I know it's 10 years old that women's boxing, certainly WBC didn't want to um, have three-minute rounds for women, didn't want them to box 36 minutes. But this, for me, goes against all the research that's been out there in the past. I haven't seen a new body of research that's changed all this. Mm. Um, So so we'll see how it plays out. But 12-2s um, t- is where I think it should have gone.
3: Can I make a counter-argument for it? Yeah, and sure we're, we're obviously about to talk MMA. And I think me and you would both agree some of the best, I think, fights we've seen in MMA have been the ladies going five fives which is exactly what the men do. Uh, Wei Li versus Joanna Jędrzejczyk, their first fight was probably the most brutal, but also one of the most vicious and best fights I've ever seen. And that was the full 5-5. Five, five. So they've been doing it in MMA for years, since the get-go, right? So why can't it be the same in boxing?
4: It's a different sport. Mm. And boxing, statistically, is more dangerous than MMA. Um, fights tend to get stopped quicker in MMA. Yeah. Um, you don't. You, I think so. I mean, certainly statistically, there's there's hate using this word, but there's more deaths in boxing than there are in MMA. Yeah. Um, there's there's more recovery time on the ground. You can get concussed and you get counted standing up and then continue um, in boxing. I um, people people are probably poo pooing me saying this right now, but it is a statistical fact um, and a medical fact that it's more dangerous to, to be a boxer than it is a high-level mixed martial artist. Um, and th- that's just a medical fact right now. It may change in the future. Um, yes, I agree with you on all the points you make about five-minute rounds for women in MMA does work. Yeah. And they're, they're extraordinary. And we we've, it's produced some amazing contests. But it's a different sport. It's the decathlon of fight sports. Boxing is a single martial art, and and therefore, and we get a lot more mismatches. I I, I hate a mismatch in MMA. We get a lot more mismatches in women's boxing. Oh, way more. Way more. Yeah, I think I think I
3: think think this fight is a mismatch. The one we're we're talking about, Amanda Serrano versus Daniela Ramos, is a mismatch. And you are correct as well about the damage you can take in in boxing. Way more damage. I mean, it's it's it's. Punches to the head over and over and over and over again, um, where obviously in MMA it just isn't that all the time, isn't it? So look, you get more
4: broken bones, you get more broken things in 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 MMA, but you don't. But it's not the 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 the, the result is not the amount of blows to the head which affect the brain. Yeah, you know, that's that's the big danger.
3: Very quickly, just to wrap on this one, um, we do have to though, give credit to Amanda Serrano, who's basically put her hand up and said, "I want to do this." Um, we Absolutely. know how much of a trailblazer she is, and she's continued to trailblaze.
4: She she is um, a hero in the sport, mm. a heroine for the Puerto Rican community. She's a standard bearer. Um, she's an extraordinary person, a very beautiful person, a very honourable person. I mean, look at her behaviour in that fight against Heather Hardy. It was just extraordinary what she did on the night and what she did for a, a friend. Her levels of respect for her opponent were were incredible she will go down i think she i mean a lot of people talk about how um brilliant um katie taylor is um you know one of the one of the things i will say about her is she belongs in that pantheon of one of the greatest female sports people of all time Um, and i just want to pull up another little fact here um, Jake Paul's Most Valuable Promotions announced this This three-minute rounds. There have been women's bouts under those rules, but they are rare, Addy, mm. and not believed to have happened since Layla McCarter won two lightweight title bouts mm. under those rules in Las Vegas in 2007. The additional rounds and the three-minute duration, I've just looked this up for us, have been approved by the Florida Athletic Commission according to MVP co-founder Nikisa bidarian however the WBC is staunchly against increasing women's fights to 12 rounds or having rounds last for three minutes and is not sanctioning the the belt for its title so or only three of Serrano's belt sanctioning body belts will be at stake
3: interesting interesting um I'd love to know that fight in 2007 um a why it happened and B why it never happened again. Uh, would, would be interesting to know. But yeah, that's going to happen. Uh, Amanda Serrano is going to fight Dina Ramos and it's going to be 12 free minute rounds, which again, you heard Natasha Jonas there saying she's not a fan of. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we're going to switch gears and chat some UFC. Sean Strickland causing one of the biggest upsets of all time, beating Israel Adesanya to become the UFC middleweight champion. Welcome back to Final Extra. Myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. We're going to end with um, what I think probably... I know there is some, you know, big upsets in the UFC, but I think probably one of the biggest upsets that we've ever seen. Um, Israel Adesanya getting beat by Sean Strickland at UFC 293. Um, obviously, Israel Adesanya coming off that fantastic win over Pereira, um, avenging that defeat. And there's a lot of talk about him going straight back in with Sean Strickland. I don't think he will. I think he's going to take some time out of the octagon. But in terms of upsets first... Gareth, you've covered the sport since since really its inception. Um, so you've seen some of the biggest upsets. I mean, obviously everyone refers to GSP, Matt Serra as a massive yeah. one, Weidman, uh, Anderson Silva. Um, yeah. Where is this in yeah. that? Where is this in that?
4: It's right up there. It's got <laughs> yeah, to be right up there. Be because, right. because, yeah, no, it really does. I, I mean, Matt Serra and GSP was coming to mind. And Wideman, Chris Weidman and Anderson Silva were the two that I was really going to pull out because they were... Um, shockers. I was there at the Wideman, I was the Matt Serra GSP was just before my time covering the sport and obviously um the 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 defeat. I mean I remember the collapse of Anderson Silva in that fight as he toyed around and you oh, couldn't believe it, you know? Mate. Um and they were so angry with him in Brazil by the way. Yeah. Fans were so angry with him for doing his I could
3: not you know, believe it.
4: Yeah. It, was, it was a it. real shocker but yeah. but so was this. On Saturday night, because Sean Strickland as well, he he doesn't just play the heel. I want to find the right word for this. Um, he kind of plays the. I don't know. I, I, there's a really there's rude words to describe him, but he's he, he, he's become very likable since he won. People because people really admire him.
3: People do. I mean, I was I listened the other day to he's he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and I listened to the whole two hours of him on the Rogan podcast. And, I mean, his backstory is just scary. I mean, this is a guy that's grown up seeing his dad abuse his mum. He's been for a lot, Sean Strickland. Um, but he's almost grow. He's almost got this community of fans because he says whatever he wants. And sometimes it's crazy. It's a bit wild. But he's almost a reflection of society in a weird way, where you yeah. can just say what you want. And he, he, he does it. And now he's there. He's almost like their hero, the anti-hero.
4: Yeah, exactly. It's a very good way of putting it. because he, he's quite unhinged. Mm. And you, the thing is, no one was expecting him to be Adesanya. But I think, you know, the the, the man. Everyone loves. Everyone loves um, uh, a a good luck story or or a, a striving story yeah. in the UFC. And um, everyone and I do love that about the UFC and I love it about MMA that you know people really celebrate the success of the underdog. Yeah. And he's an underdog in life, and he's taken his moment. And again, Enesanya was very gracious in defeat. Um, it was a, it, it was a, that's the thing about fight sports. That's why I say, don't write off to anyone that does it regularly, don't write off Francis Ngannou against Tyson Fury. I know they're different codes. I know that one guy is a professor of it compared to one guy being an undergraduate, you know, with, with vast experience as opposed to someone just trying out. Um, but when people take their opportunity in life, you can make the impossible possible, mm-hmm. the probable definite, you know, and it does happen. And that's what he did in this fight. And, and you, you know, you've seen the fight. The fact he put Adesanya down early in this fight is what changed the pattern of it for him. And Adesanya wasn't himself, and Strickland is a great striker, and he's confident in his own wrestling. And Adesanya has done this thing of skipping around the outside of the cage at times. He didn't give him enough room, and he won four rounds to one. Yeah, simple.
3: simple. And, yeah.
4: And, and, and that's what he did, and he got momentum, and he kept up his momentum. And as it went on, you were watching it, you were thinking, well, come on, do something. But he couldn't flat. do anything. Honestly, flat. Couldn't do anything. And I, I was, that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. You know?
3: Couldn't believe um, it. Couldn't believe it. And yeah. I, I, you know, I was looking at Izzy's sort of recent run and I don't think there's been a UFC champion for a long time that's had that many fights in that short space of time. And I feel like he just needs to press the pause button a little bit. Yeah. Press the pause button and then just rethink about what he wants to do. Whether it is an immediate rematch or, you know, you you, you, you fight someone else. Maybe you fight the winner of Paolo Costa versus Hamza Shemaev. Maybe you let Duplassis have a, have his go against Sean Strickland. Um, maybe, and I saw this the other day, maybe you say, you know, enough's enough. You made a lot of money. Enough's enough. But, you know, I, I don't think Izzy will do that. But I, I, this is why we love combat sports, because expect the unexpected. Sometimes you will get this. And, you know, credit to Sean Strickland. The reason I think it's probably one of the biggest upsets, maybe the biggest, because a lot of times of upsets, someone gets clipped. Someone can get clipped, and that's it. He he beat him up, beat him up, for five, <laughs> you know, beat him up for five rounds, you know, beat him up. And in the end, he's getting cheered out of the ring. He's getting booed in and then cheered out. And I was like, wow, uh, it, it's honestly, it's incredible. And um, very Michael Bisping, Anderson Silver like where you just don't expect it to happen and it happens.
4: Absolutely. Well, look, you know, you look at his records. I mean, his, um, he's, he won the interim title. That brilliant fight with Kelvin Gastelum, oh, where wow. we found out that he's got proper chops. Yeah, um, but and that was back in 2019, and since then, you know the the victories over Whitaker and Romero, uh, Paolo Costa, difficult fight for, against Yang Blackevich, a very big light heavyweight, went up to light heavyweight, isn't quite big enough. Um, the two wins, uh, second win against Vitor, the second win against. Uh, Whitaker and Canonier. He avenged the defeat to Alex Pereira brilliantly. You expect, this is what I've heard most moaning about. Why are you giving him a rematch straight away against Sean Strickland? Give someone else. That's the most moaning that I've heard about this. I think they will give him the opportunity. I mean, will, will he want it? Him on will that? he want it? Of course he will. Okay. Of course okay. he will. Once the dust settled, this guy's a winner.
3: Hmm.
4: You know, he went all the way to Blackovic. To twentieth fight without a defeat in MMA, and you Crazy. know, Anderson Silva, Derek Brunson, Brad Tavares, uh, Marvin Vittori Robert Whitaker, Yoel Romero, Paolo Costa. Come on! Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, Costa did cave against him a little bit, but um, he's a brilliant, brilliant athlete. He's one of the greats, really. I mean, I think he's still only thirty four. Um, maybe he has slowed a little bit. He must There's have. No doubt about he, he, that. He
3: hundred percent has.
4: But he's got he's got one of he's got those abilities. He's one of those guys who might just end up with a third phase of his career that we haven't seen yet. Mm. He's still got that hunger. Yeah. Um but you know, I've always said this, we're reaching a stage where mid to late thirties ain't happening anymore for the elite guys in, in the UFC and MMA because they can't much longer. It's yeah. like John Jones. He's gonna fight Stipe. When's that November, isn't it? Yeah. How much longer can John go on? He can't. A Stipe? Maybe a Stipe? Who else is there? That, really? no,
3: there's nobody. There's there's That's nobody, really, realistically. Yeah. In terms of that then, I mean, Izzy's always done decent numbers for the for the UFC. I don't think he's ever got to that a million pay-per-view by number. Close a couple of times, but he's not done it. Um, and you mentioned there, John Jones, you know, maybe got one or two more left. Who, who are the guys or girls... You know, we can skip the females actually because there is no one moving the needle, unfortunately, for them right now. So, who who are the guys that are going to do it? Are they are they thinking Sean O'Malley's is going to do it? Are they desperate for Connor to come back? Are they desperate to see Hamzat finally fight? Maybe. Like, who who are the needle movers for the UFC now?
4: Well, John Jones is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I, I mean, Volkanovsky is so so favourite, isn't he? Yeah, but With he
3: doesn't everyone. do great numbers. No, he doesn't. No,
4: Sean O'Malley is the new Connor. Is the new you know generation with the colours. The new yeah. is he a Connor? He's not. No one's a Connor. No one. Um, I mean, I'm just saying it because
3: the same tattoo on his chest. He's just like mimicked. Yeah, Domingo. but
4: I mean, you know, Islam Makachev. No, who knows? I'm looking at all the champions. You know, there's that. The I mean, I love I love
3: Leon Edwards, but we're not talking big paper. You know, these are not pay per view like this isn't you know 5 years ago when it was Ronda and John and Conor all booming and Khabib booming isn't that Brock Lesnar they don't have you are guaranteed even Jorge Masvidal was doing great numbers they don't have any of these it guys was, anymore no
4: no they don't no. and it's the, the era is changing um, it is changing it um, is changing you know it's i am looking at the list the light heavyweight's vacant at the moment <laughs> look, at, look at look at look at that it's vacant.
3: vacant look at I this know, vacant Vacant belts in the UFC.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. God. Anyway, Gareth, look, it's been a great show. Please, yeah. please, please, go and have um go and have a drink on your birthday if, if you can. For me, please. Let's have a nice little shot
4: little you. There you go. I'm gonna have a little
3: shot for you as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna to toast to you as well, sir. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes.